Ladies, 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 welcome back to Let's Talk About a Girlfriend, episode three. So if you heard my last two episodes, you kind of got like a gist of what I've been through and my two long-term relationships and, you know, how I went from being married and pretty much like having it all to going through a divorce and literally having nothing to then picking myself back up and finding love again and then love became hell and blah 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 you got all the tea the second episode this episode i want to talk more about like my healing journey so i experienced two healing journeys in my life one from obviously my daughter's father and one from my son's father and they kind of like they kind of were like the same you would have thought that i would have learned from going through the healing process the first time what not to do in a healing process in the future, but whatever. You know, it is what it is. Anyways, let's just talk about healing from a breakup and all the different emotions that we go through. Like we go through embarrassment, defeat, sadness, anger, and depression. All those emotions just hitting us at one time, right? It's like somebody just punched us in the heart and the gut. It's like this unbearable pain in our chest. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it almost felt like somebody was suffocating me. Like, I couldn't breathe. I had the worst anxiety. I was experiencing panic attacks. I remember being at work and just not being able to function and not being able to do my job or remembering, like, what I needed to do, like, what my daily tasks were at work. And these were things that, I mean, I've been doing every day for years and I just, like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I would be in the middle of doing something, and then I would be forgetting, like, what my next step was because my anxiety was so bad, my panic attacks were so bad. Like, it was terrible. It was horrible. And I went through the same feelings with both breakups. Like, it was really bad. And I'm pretty sure that anybody that's listening to this right now has experienced these feelings at some point in their life, or they're probably experiencing them right now. I don't know. But I kind of just want to give you guys, like, a rundown of this is my healing process and what I learned, you know, throughout my time of healing or whatever. So back in, what, 2014 when my marriage ended and I had to move from Florida to Philly, I felt like my life was in, like, my life was in shambles. Like, everything had fell apart. I didn't have no job. I had no place, no money. I had two daughters. I felt, like, so defeated and lost, right? Like, how the hell did I go from having everything? I had it all. A house, a husband, a job. We were living in the Sunshine State. To literally having nothing but the clothes on my back and my daughters. Like, I remember moving back to Philly. And, like, I mean, I was with my kids, my daughter's father, for... 11 years so he was pretty much all I knew so and I was used to you know him every day talking to him being with him or whatever so it was like really hard for me to go from having him to not having him so my way of coping with that was like taking melatonin pills every day when I was home so I could sleep so I didn't have to be up at night crying and thinking about it drinking I was drinking like even though I was in college and I don't even know how I was juggling this because I was literally working part-time, went to college, and when I wasn't in school and I when I wasn't studying, I was drinking, like, to the point where I was, like, blacking out, 
started fights with my family. Like, you would think that my family was the one that cheated on me and destroyed, you know, my life or whatever, the way I was, I was being towards them, like the things that I was saying to them, like, I was just so like, nasty and disgusting towards them. And they were the ones that were trying to like, you know, pick me up and be there for me. But I was like drinking like crazy. I was popping melatonin pills at night so I could sleep. Um, I remember this one time I got like so super wasted that my brother and my girlfriend literally had to like carry me in the house by my arms and my legs. And that's like, we laugh about it now, but it's still a little embarrassing. It's like, damn, like I really was that messed up and I literally had no control over my emotions that I literally was just drinking until I blacked out. Like, it's crazy thinking back to that moment. Like, damn, like, I can't believe, like, I was literally uh, probably 100 pounds soaking wet because I wasn't eating. I was, you know, depressed or whatever, but I was drinking more than, like, an average man probably would drink. Like, an average-sized man, like, I think I could have out- I would drink him. Like, I could have went into liver failure. I could have died. Like, you know, I just all this because I had no control over my emotions. All I knew was that I didn't want to feel the pain no more. So I drank to forget about it. And I popped melatonin pills to go to sleep. It wasn't until I met this guy. You know how you ever heard that song from K. Michelle that would be like, um, I need another one to get over the other one? Well, yeah, that's kind of like how this was now I'm not saying that's the you know the right way to go about it but this guy walked into my life at the darkest time of my life and brought some light brought some light into my life at my darkest time now I'm not gonna mention his name because I gotta keep a little bit of tea to myself or whatever but if he heard this he wouldn't know exactly who he is because I always told him like, I will never, despite where we go in life, I will never, ever forget you because you really came in my life when I needed, you know, somebody the most, when I needed, like, happiness. Like, you really was there for me. But um, he came into my life or whatever, and he just, like, he made me laugh. He just reminded me who I was. Like, he, you know, he was there for me throughout my, my college time. Like, he motivated me. He pushed me to keep going. Like, he was just my my little piece of happiness, like the little piece of happiness that I needed in my life at that moment was him. And I'll just, I'll never forget him. Like he really was a cool dude. He had a dope soul. Like, you know, I was still drinking, but I wasn't drinking as heavily anymore because we were like hanging out when I didn't have school or work or I wasn't dealing with the kids. Like we, I would hang out with him on my free time. But um, yeah, I'm not saying go find you another man or whatever, but I'm just saying it helped me in my case, but honestly, I think what really, like, really, really helped my healing process with, um, with my situation with my daughter's father was the fact that I just, I don't know, one day I just woke up and I just, I just snapped. Like, I just snapped out of whatever it was that I was feeling, and I was like, damn, like, I'm doing this. Look at me. This man that I was, like, going crazy over, this man that I was crying over, this man that I felt like I couldn't live without. And here I am, living without him. I'm about to graduate college. I'm working. My kids are good. Like, we're good. Like, you know, everything's good. 
And then I realized also was like, he was my first boyfriend. I was with him from what, 14, 15, all the way up until I was 25. Like, here I am stressed out over this man and he's living his best life with the next chick. Like, what the hell is my time to explore too? Like, I'm single, I'm finally free. I don't got no man, nobody to explain nothing to. I can hang with my girlfriends and just live my life and do all the things that I couldn't do while being with him. So realizing all this, just like, it kind of helped me at that moment. I just felt like free, like free of the pain, free of the hurt, free to just live my life and finally be happy. Also, I think another part that played into like my healing process with him was the fact that he still lived in Florida. And it was kind of like an out of sight, out of mind type of thing that played a part in this healing. Like, I think not seeing him, not being around him, not talking to him, that allowed me to get used to being without him. That uh, that opened up my eyes to seeing that I could really, like, move forward with life and I could push through without him. Like, I didn't need him. So at that moment, that's when I finally felt, like, free. Like, okay, I got this. And I moved on. I moved on. And I ended up meeting my son's dad in, like, the end of 2015. Um, and, you know, the first year of our relationship was amazing um I think every year after the first year was just like a shit show it had its you know it had its ups and its downs its goods and its bads or whatever you know how every relationship is when it was good it was good but when it was bad it was bad um that relationship I feel like my healing process and everything that I went through with my first um my first well my daughter's father let me put it like that I feel like I didn't spy, like I kind of spiraled out of control, but I didn't fully spiral out of control. It wasn't until everything that I went through in this relationship that I started spiraling out of control, like mentally, emotionally, like I was just a wreck. Um, This relationship really like he had such a control over my emotions and my feeling and I felt like it was almost impossible for me to get those, to get control of my own emotions and my feelings. Like, I felt like I was, I couldn't, like, it was hard for me to take my control. It was hard for me to take my emotions out of his hands and control them myself. That's what I mean. Like, it was just, I don't know. It, he had this this control over my emotions. Like, I don't ever want a man to control me like that again. Like, it was to the point where I was feeling, like, so powerless. Like, this man has such a grip on my emotions, and I don't know what to do to get it back so I can start feeling like myself again and get out of this misery and this depression. Like, it was to the point where I was, like, starting to think, like, suicide thoughts. Like, oh, my God, like, the only way out of this misery is to kill myself. And if it wasn't because of my kids, I think I probably would have done it. You know, like it was, I remember like coming home and like just crying and I'll be on the phone with my sister and I'll be like, oh my God, I got to go in this house. Like, you know, I don't even want to go in this house. This house is miserable. This house got the devil in it. You know, I used to just be talking all this crap or whatever. Um, But when we finally split up, I think it was in March of 2021, it's about to be three years now, when we split up. And I'm, like, moved out. Like, I think that's when I really started spiraling. Because even though I left him, I didn't really want to leave him. 
Like, I really did love this man. I really did care for him. But I knew that I had to leave him because the disrespect was too much. And I couldn't continue to let this man disrespect me and play with me. So I had no choice but to really, like, pack it up and go and move on. But he continued to play in my face. Like, he continued to mess with this girl. Like, he'll be at my house crying and, oh, I want to be with you. I love you. I want my family, blah, blah, blah. But then have this girl at his house and moving her in and like it's like bro you can you still playing in my face you still playing with my emotions and you would have thought that after the first time that I went through that whole breakup in the past that I would have learned from the whole like drinking scenario and not do it again but I did I fell back into drinking being at the bar three four times a week and, I mean, taking two, three, four, five, six double shots of fireball, like, getting blacked out drunk to the point where sometimes I would, like, drive home. And then the next morning I would wake up and I'll be like, one, how did I get here? Two, where the hell is my car? You know, like, and I thank God every day that I didn't sit here and get into an accident and hurt myself or get into an accident and hurt somebody else. I didn't get a, a DUI, you know. Um... I got, I just, like, alcohol just really took control of me. It went from him controlling my emotions to the alcohol controlling my emotions. Because now, yeah, I moved out. I was free of him. But I still felt like I had no control over my emotions because I couldn't, like, I couldn't get it together and function without being an emotional wreck. The only way I could get together and get myself together and and function was if I drank. Because then I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't feel it. And that's really not the best thing to do. Like, it's really not. I remember one day leaving my kids. I left my kids at my girlfriend's house. And when I went back to get them, she wouldn't even give them to me because I was drunk. And we literally was, like, arguing. And, like, literally, like, we probably could have fought that night the way we was arguing with each other. She refused to give me my kids. And then I started threatening, like, calling the cops or whatever saying she was kidnapping them and shit, and then she gave them to me. But um, that night when I got home, I remember, like, cutting my wrist. I called him on FaceTime, screaming. I was drunk. I was in my emotions. I was telling him that I was going to, like, kill myself, and he was just, like, laughing at me or whatever. And I'm like it's like looking back now I'm just like damn this man really had like this much control over me like he really had me like I was literally spiraling out of control like I had no idea how to get myself together it was horrible and you know it looked like his he had everybody believing I was crazy like and I'm like and that even made that made my my healing process even worse because everybody was thinking like I was freaking nuts, like I was crazy, but nobody knew what I was really going through with this man or what I like the only people that really knew what I was going through is those that lived in the house with me, which was my daughters. Like nobody outside really knew what I had to deal with at home with this man when I was living with him and how it was torture. And then how when I moved out, he still continued to kind of, like, torture me in his own way. Like, nobody knew what I was dealing with. So he had his family was, used to think I was crazy because I would get drunk and we would start, me and him would start physically fighting. But it's like, 
bro, you don't even know what this man has done to me. Like, how many times he came in the room when he was drunk and dragged me out the bed? How many times we used to get into fights, physical fights in front of the kids, and I would, like, literally have to sit there and fight him back because he was drunk or I was drunk, and I was in my feelings because of everything he did to me. Like, it was just, <sighs> it was that, that, it was just crazy. Um, I don't think, I don't think if I lived, still lived in Philly, like I would be where I am today because I don't know if I would have ever been able to gain control of my emotions. Like I, I don't, I really don't think I would have. Or maybe I would have, I don't know. I know what made me pick up and stay here and leave to Florida because everybody thinks, oh, Lisa just left to Florida because, you know, it's the sunshine state and she wanted to give her kids a better life. Yeah, that's true. That played a part of it. But what played the biggest role of me leaving to um, Florida was a situation that happened the end of, what's that? The end of 2021 in December. I got like super freaking wasted. I blacked out at my friend's house, fell asleep over there. My ringer was off. My kids were calling me. They were freaking out. My son's dad was calling me because my kids were calling him at 4 or 5 in the morning, you know, asking him if he heard from me. My parents were feeling like everybody was freaking out. My, you know, leave it up to my family and my kids. They thought that I was, like, the next character on the first 48. Like, they really thought, like, somebody took off of me kidnapped me, raped me, killed me, and threw me on the side of the road or in a ditch somewhere. And when I finally woke up at like, I don't know, had to be like eight, nine in the morning. And I looked at my phone. I have two voicemails, one from my daughter and one from my dad. And when I tell you those voicemails broke me so bad, like to hear my daughter crying and begging me like, mom, please, please. I'm so scared that something happened to you. Usually when you go out, you're home by now. Like you, you're not answering. You're not here. Like, please, if you want to be out and stay out, that's fine. Just please at least send me a text message and let me know you're okay. Like, please call me back. I need to hear your voice. I don't know what I would do without you. Like she was just bawling. Then I had a message from my dad, you know, like Lisa call me, like we're worried about you. Nobody knows where you're at, blah, blah, blah. Like it, those messages, I still have them saved to this day because those messages are like, like if I feel ever feel like my emotions are getting, like I'm getting, they're getting out of control or something like I, and I think about, oh, let me go get a drink or something or whatever. Like I listen to those messages and I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't do this. So that drinking episode that night is what made me realize, okay, I need to, I need to do something. But I didn't feel like if I stayed in Philly, I could control what I could, I could control my emotions. I already knew that I wasn't going to be able to. I was like, I have to, I have to get away. I have to leave. So I was like, you know what? Let me stay here and apply for a job in Florida and see if I get it. Now with that, what I do for a living, I have to be licensed. And I'm licensed in the state of PA, but I wasn't licensed in Florida. And any other time that I tried to apply for a job in Florida, they would never give it to me. But I prayed on it, I prayed on it, I prayed on it. And this is when I tell you God is real because when I tell y'all that I applied so many times for a medical lab scientist position over here in Florida, and they always told me, we wish we could hire you, but we can't because you're not licensed here. You have to get your license first and then apply again. 
listen, God knew, God knew like I knew that I had to get out of Philly because if I didn't get out of Philly, who knows where I would be today. When I tell you I applied for this job and they called me and then I explained to them like I don't have my license and the lady was like, don't worry about it. I'll give you six months, six months to get your license if you accept the job. She's like, and we'll pay your moving costs. I called my mom so fast because my mom lived in Florida and I was explaining everything to her and I was like, they'll pay my moving costs. They'll give me six months to study for my license over there and take the exam, blah, blah, blah. My mom didn't even hesitate. She was like, pack it up. Come on, let's go. You can come over here with the kids. You can move in my house for a little bit until you get yourself situated at work and, you know, save up some money to get a place, whatever. And this all happened right when my lease was ending at my apartment. Like, everything was just happening, like, at the perfect time. Like, my lease was ending. They were paying my moving costs. They were sitting here uh, accepting me without my license and allowing me to, you know, get it within six months. My mom opened her door and was allowing me and my kids to move in. Like, everything was just, like, happening happening and happening quick like I had 30 days to get to Florida like everything was just happening so fast and I left I moved and it was hard in the beginning it was hard in the beginning I've had one episode over here where I got really really like wasted or whatever but then after that I just like I got it together and I was like okay I got to be focused. I enrolled in college again to finish my degree. Like, I've just been on my grind ever since. And I don't think that it wasn't until I moved over here that I really started healing. It wasn't until I moved over here and I got my place. And, you know, I just started living life over here. And I'm like, yo, I really did it. Like, I'm doing this by myself. I'm living. I literally picked up and moved to Florida yeah, yeah, I had some help because I had my mom, but, like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm really doing this. And that's when I started realizing, like, who I am. Like, why, like, I, why am I letting or why did I let these men control my emotions? Like, do you know who you are? Like, girl, you are Lisa Marie, baby. You got a college degree. You're working on your other degree. You got a good-paying job. You move from one state to the next with your three kids. You handling business. You taking care of your bills. And you're not behind on nothing. Like, don't ever let no man control you like that again. And once I started realizing that, like, it, I really started healing over here. Like, I was like, all right, like, I'm not hurting no more. I mean, like, granted, I still have my moments here and there where I kind of like, damn, like, you know. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm always going to love my son's father. Like, I really had a love for him that I can't even explain. So I'm always going to have love for him. And I'm always going to think, like, what if, like, you know, we would have worked it out or worked through our problems or whatever. But I would never get to a point where I let a man control me like that again. To the point of, of drinking, of, you know, suicidal thoughts. Like, none of that. None of that. Like... It's so crazy. It's so crazy to think, like, when I look back at everything now, when I went to heal from my daughter's father, I was living in Florida, and I had to move from Florida to Philly to start my healing process and get my life back on track, right? And it's ironic that when I went through the situation with my son's dad, I had to move from Philly to Florida 
to get my life back on track and to heal. It's crazy. Like, life is just like a circle, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, my healing, it, it wasn't easy, and there was a lot of alcohol involved, a lot of physical altercations, a lot of um, suicidal thoughts. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot, but I was able to get through it. Um, thanks to my family was really supportive. Like, they really was, like, really supportive of me. And um, I was able to pick up. I was able to pick up and leave with my kids and move to Florida and live this life that I'm living over here. You know, that's, that's my time out here really allowed me to look at everything that I've been through and understand my role in that trauma because even though they put me through what they put me through, I still have faults in that relationship. And, you know, the whole part of healing is growing and realizing things about yourself as well. And this time out here to myself, these past two years that I've been out here in Florida really allowed me to, to just look at everything as a whole and allow me to see things about myself that, you know, I needed to work on and I needed to grow from and it allowed me to acknowledge them and allowed me to start, you know, working on everything. Um, I learned that alcohol is not, is not a way of healing. It's like a, it's a coping mechanism, but it affects your memory. Alcohol affects your memory, which is why we turn to it because it allows us to forget the memories and the people that cause us pain. And it allows us to not feel. So, I mean, I was lucky that despite all the drinking and crazy things that I did while intoxicated, I never harmed myself or anybody, like I said. Some people aren't so lucky. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, like, my, like, in order for me to heal, I have to remove myself from people and from situations and places and things around me. That was my, that, well, that's the things that I found that helped me heal. Um, alcohol is something that I don't think it would ever be anything to help anybody heal. If you're going through a situation right now, you have to find what works best for you and what works best for you in a positive way. Alcohol is not a positive way. It's such a negative thing to turn to when you're going through your emotions, when you're going through a healing process, like, it's just, it's not going to work. Like, I had to literally remove myself from Philly, from friends, from the bars, from the men in my life. Like, I just, I had a disconnect from the world, and that's okay. That's okay. That's part of your healing journey. You have to disconnect with everything else in order to connect with yourself, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with disconnecting from people, even if you're not going to disconnect from them forever. But there's nothing wrong with you disconnecting for a little bit until you find yourself again and until you connect with yourself and until you feel like you're capable of being around these people or being around these environments and and, and situations and stuff without falling back into your old habits, like me falling back into, you know, binge drinking um alcohol is just a mask you know 
It's a mask for the pain. And we don't want to mask the pain. In order to heal from it, you have to feel it, you have to accept it, and you have to deal with it. That's the only way you're ever going to heal from trauma. I learned that these past two years being away from Philly and in Florida. Like, I needed to move to turn my life around. And I needed to feel it, I needed to accept it, and I needed to deal with the pain that I was dealing with in order for me to heal. Um, Prayer. I prayed. I prayed and prayed and prayed. When I felt lonely here, I prayed. I asked God for forgiveness for putting my kids through the things that I put them through and to just guide me towards a path that results in better days, you know? I have my days, like I said, where I still hurt from the trauma, but I just pray on it. I pray on one day to fully be 100% healed, you know? Right now, I can't say, I can't sit here and say I'm 100% healed. I know I'm about 90% healed, but I'm not 100% healed. And the reason why I say that is because I still look back on the past and and wonder what if. And I don't know if I'm wondering what if because I'm not 100% healed. I don't know. I'm not a freaking counselor or therapist. I don't know how it works, but I don't think I'm 100% healed, but I feel like I'm healed enough and I've worked on myself enough and I acknowledged enough about myself to be able to open up to someone else when that person comes along. Because child, if you would have if a year or two ago, listen. <laughs> that poor whatever man would have came into my life, if a man would have came into my life at that time, he would have ran because I was <laughs> far from healed. But yeah. I don't know. I, I like this bi- um Bible verse from Isaiah 57:18 through 19. It says I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and reward them with comfort. And for those who mourn, I will create reason for praise. Utter prosperity to those far and near, and I will heal them, says the Lord. That verse, when I read it, like really touched me so much because I prayed for healing. I prayed for guidance, and God came and opened this door to Florida for me, allowing me to walk down this peaceful road of healing. Um... I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just, like, kind of, like, just been running at the mouth here. I didn't have, like, a set direction of where this was going. I just really want people to know that we all heal differently from trauma. So try not to judge what people go through. Healing is a wave of emotions, and those emotions sometimes become unbearable, so we find ways to deal with them and the ways that we may find to deal with them may not always be you know positive so if you're struggling on your healing journey i just i really urge you like disconnect from the world and just connect with yourself pour into you find a hobby like working out painting a dance class i don't know for me it was working out finding something positive to do that you enjoy to distract your mind alcohol like i said is just a mask for the pain you're gonna wake up the next day and you're gonna still feel like shit and you're going to feel even worse now because now you got a hangover and you're freaking glued to a damn toilet throwing up. You're going to hurt so many people in the process of drinking alcohol. Like, your your journey towards healing is supposed to be building yourself back up, not self-destructing yourself. So, like I said, disconnect, find a hobby, pour into yourself, and pray. Allow yourself to feel your emotions because I promise you that pain is not going to last long. It only lasts long when you mask it. 
the more you mask it with alcohol or drugs or whatever it is that you, you know, want to mask your pain with, it, it, you're only prolonging the process. I'll forever be grateful, like, you know, for my mom, you know, and her support and allowing me to move out here because her support really allowed me to not only provide a better lifestyle for my kids, but allow me to get back into school for my bachelor's degree, which I cannot wait. I'll be done in 10 months. And it also allowed me to fully heal, to heal how I was supposed to heal. Like, life is better when you survive and you heal from your trauma in a positive way. It really is. So I encourage you to just hang in there, stick it out, and find something positive to do to clear your mind from whatever it is that you're you're going through. And, yeah, that's it. That's it. My healing journey was, you know, it was a little crazy. I put everybody through hell, my family, my kids. Like, I, I put everybody through some, some things. And, you know, I'm super grateful that regardless of the fighting, the arguments, the nasty things that I said to my parents, my kids, like, being intoxicated, I'm grateful that that never, like, changed my relationship with them and that never, like, made them love me less or made them not be there for me. Um, It was just, that was, like, a really, really hard time in my life. And I just, I think I've gotten to the point in life after going through this whole healing thing, I feel like I've gotten to the point where now, like, if another man or when another man comes into my life and, you know, God forbid, but if he things ever play out, the way my past two relationships played out, like, I think I'm secure now within myself. I know my worth. I know my value. I know what I bring to the table. I think I'm I'm so secure with myself and so confident in myself that I know that the next man that comes into my life that tries to put me through something, he will not be able to break me. He will not be able to control me. I might be hurt because we all hurt. We are all going to feel things, but it's never going to be how it was in my past relationships like I built myself up way too much for me to ever allow anybody to come into my life and break me down to the point of suicide thoughts ever again so like I said we all go through things it's hard in the beginning but try to find positive ways to deal with it to feel it and eventually you're going to accept it and you're going to be okay Until next time, girlfriend, stay blessed. I love y'all. Bye.